Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bible with you this morning, glory to God, or your cell phone is your Bible, or your iPad, can we just lift it this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. We're just going to pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, wave it in the air like you just don't care. Hallelujah. Just say this with me this morning. Say, this is my Bible. It's full of the promises of God for me. I believe that I am who this book says I am. And I believe that I can do and have and be all that this book says I am and can have. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Woo, let's give the Lord, just give him one more shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, we are, as Pastor Ian said, in the middle of our 10 years. And um, I just want to go through that again. You know, sometimes we wonder about that, you know, the 10-year celebration. It's over, and why are we belaboring that? Because God is really big. He's a God of times and seasons. The Bible tells us that our seasons and times are in the hands of God. And the Bible also tells us that we are joints that have a supply and that God has fit us together. So when we celebrate 10 years in the house and God has us to go to the measures that he does, then it would stand to reason, I believe, that we fit somewhere in that and that we can all benefit, whether you are here or you're new here, if you're here for the first time you're visiting, we're super glad that you're here or on the internet and you're gonna be blessed today. You're already blessed, I'm sure. I'm sure we're learning more and more even as people receive words of encouragement. You know, we used to deal with naysayers, you know, but no more. Everybody say, no more, no more, no bad, no bad letters, no naysayers in Jesus' name. But we're learning right how to um how to be encouraged by what god is doing and saying in other people's lives so i just want to reiterate then we're celebrating the number 10. i think you're good lee can we and, and if we go into that yeah it's okay i want her to sing a song because i just love uh i love worship and i love what worship brings worship brings the presence of god and worship brings us to a place when we worship and sometimes you wonder you know why or just a side little side note you know sometimes you wonder in in more of what we would call a, a service where we would allow i want to say prophetic but that doesn't mean a lot to some people i think but where we just allow holy spirit to just kind of come and do what you want when we just allow worship to take its course and we go in and out sort of like an orchestra what's happening is the presence of god comes in such a strong way where we begin to our hearts just open up and when that word goes forth a lot of times like in no other time that word is doing what it was designed to do remove the the areas where our thinking doesn't line up with god and and it causes it almost like shifts us in a moment and causes those things to change so we're celebrating the number 10 and the number 10 means, so you can receive this also this morning, um, a completed 10 refers to us having completed a course of time. 
And I hope you're doing that. I mentioned that last time that I was here, that we're learning more and more what it looks like to read between the lines when God draws our attention to certain things or says certain things, you know. And so 10 talks about a, com a completed course of time. So you may even find yourself, you know, in a season of your life where you've been um, thinking about taking a new course or taking a new, you know, just like us, we, we've done some things and accomplished some things and we're thinking about new things. Sometimes there's been that stirring that goes on inside of our hearts. A season is over, a new one is beginning and we are not used to yielding or allowing God to speak to us in that. But when we draw our attention to it, we, we, are, we have less of, of an opportunity or we're less likely to then just push things down and more likely to say, hey God, is that you? Hey God, is that you trying to get my attention? Hey God, is that you speaking to me? Hey God, these are some things that I would never have thought, thought of, but like so many say when they come to this house, because Holy Spirit speaks, it's like, okay God, I'm taking that as though you're speaking to me personally, just like we did with the words. So 10 then speaks about a completed course of time. So it can, it can allude to this idea of new learning, you know, new revelation, something new that's coming. It also refers to this idea of completeness in divine order. It's used for the idea of when um, used when referring to any kind of ranking so that it has this assumption then with it that as we have been faithful and we have kept the course and kept, like, like Paul says, kept the faith, fought the fight, kept the faith, stayed on course, then, then what happens to us is that we come to this place of authority or rank. So it's referring to the faithfulness, you know, in the duration of time as we're faithful, sometimes doing those things that we don't wanna do anymore, we're not excited about anymore, but we haven't heard God tell us we can stop doing those things anymore, and we just continue to endure. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Okay, then there's rank and authority that comes as a product of time. How many of you knew that? Yeah. Which is good, because the name of the game for us in this earth is influence. God's desire is that we would be so encouraged, as I said earlier, draw near to him, know him, so that he's all in us, all on us, so that when we go out those four doors, the people that we're encountering are, when we're bumping into them accidentally, or just walking by them, and there's something about us that they're being encouraged and we are influencing them. They've just been touched. They've just been introduced. They've just met what the Bible says is the kingdom of God. God's ways of doing and being and thinking. Who God is. We're called to influence that. Amen. It's also used, the number 10, is used when we um, describe anything that is near to perfection or that word maybe is better told maturity yeah. because we've kept the course of time. And so maybe you're here this morning, you think, I'm not growing, I'm not changing. Is anything changing? God says, the mere fact that you keep showing up and that you've been faithful and doing what you're doing, the mere fact that you keep, hey, that's a big lesson in Christianity. Sometimes, you know, I've often said to God, I wish God, you know, like a thermometer, I could look at myself and say, have I grown spiritually? But there are no spiritual thermometers other than, of course, the scripture says fruit. Okay, that's a big one. We want to look at the fruit in our life, but, but, but that gives us, you know, we, we want to know that when we keep showing up, 
right? That helps us to know that we're maturing and that we're growing in the things of God, okay? It's also used as a symbol of matter and harmony, and I shared this before, and it gives us this idea that as we are a house of transformation, that our thoughts and God's thoughts, which are the name of the game when we talk about God and his creation coming into harmony, we're coming into alignment. Amen. We're thinking more and more like God every day. Amen. Isn't that good news? It signifies then finally this idea of a testimony, right? Having stayed the course of time, we gain our lives become a testimony that speaks to those who are out there. And our lives, just like God's mandate in the house this morning, is to bring encouragement. Our life then brings encouragement everywhere we go. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Are you all good? Yeah. Everybody good? And then finally, I, I did this one myself. Five plus five equals ten. How many of you know that this morning? Little math class for you. How many of you knew five plus five was 10? Okay, well, how many of you know that the number for five is grace? And so when we're celebrating 10 years and we're moving into new things, how many would say grace and more grace? Grace and more grace, strength and more strength, help in these new endeavors that when we start, everybody gets really excited when we get a word from God and then we have to start digging and find out, God, why did you say that to me and what exactly does that mean? And what do I have to do with that word that you gave me? And then sometimes a week or two weeks later, it's like, you know, when someone has a new baby and they're all excited, right? You know, it's like a mama. I would, I would tell Pastor Jess that she'd be so excited to get Olivia out of her belly and I'd say to her, you know, Jess, I love her and all, but it's a little easier when she's in there. You know, you're walking around, but she's in there. You're not having to carry her and follow her around and feed her and change her and wake up in the middle of the night. And, and now she knows. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's just lift our hands to the Lord this morning. We're celebrating 10 years. I have a few props as we sort of look at some uh, encouragement that the Lord has given us. Um, predominantly what we want to be able to do this morning is we want to be able to, you know, look at Gideon. And that's why I'm saying all the songs, all the words of protection, encouragement are so good. But um, we're looking at, if you're facing that this morning, you know, and you're in a situation where they would say never. How many of you know you never say never with God? Never say never. It doesn't matter what the odds are. When you looked at Gideon, it was three, by the time God had whittled that army of 32,000 down, it was 350 to one. 350 to one. And God was not settled until he whittled it down to 350 armed military soldiers to one. How many of you know two against one? It's not good. <laughs> two against one can be a little intimidating. You're walking down a, a, a dark alley and there's two or three guys there and you're by yourself. You know, unless you're a fighter, you might feel a little squeamish. <laughs> 350 to one and God says, yes. Because that's how I get the glory. Yes. Hallelujah. So Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus this morning. We just open up our hearts, Lord, and we know that impossible is not in your dictionary. It's not in your dictionary, God. So we declare this morning that we take it out of ours. We declare this morning there is nothing that you cannot do in our lives that we will not believe you for. So we thank you as the word has already gone, gone forth and as it continues to go forth this morning in the name of Jesus, we thank you for faith that rises. 
Faith that rises against all odds. Faith that rises in the face of adversity, in the face of impossible situations. Lord, we ask this morning, as we open up our hearts, that you would speak to us. That you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, through the circumstances of life, as we've heard so far, if things have become misaligned, we ask, Lord, that you would release the spirit of seeing and knowing, that we would think your thoughts, understand what you want us to, so that when we leave, our world just like you would be framed by the words of faith that we speak. The Bible tells us that the world was framed by the word of God. God said, and it was so. He said, and it was so. And so when Holy Spirit, Father, his plan goes to great lengths to bump into us, collide, give us words of encouragement, sing, pray, do all the things that we can, God's desire is that we would come to that place where if there was anything, just like visiting a Holy Spirit chiropractor, if there was anything that was just that simple. How do you know you visit a chiropractor? It's like, bing, it's done. Right? Done. Everything's back in order. And we're thanking you for that this morning, Lord, in your presence. We thank you that you move in and out of every aisle. Thank you that you speak through me, Lord. Thank you that you get across, God, what it is that you desire to this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you for loving us and encouraging us and helping us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to do something this morning that seems like we're taking a little detour and then we're going to go. Um, it sort of is a detour, but it's right around the corner. I don't know the date today, but how many of you know Christmas is right around the corner? And um, if you've entered stores, you can feel it, can't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I said to Pastor Jess, these old memories and feelings just driving, and there's no snow or nothing really familiar, but it's, it's amazing how the atmosphere is charged, right, with emotions. And I felt like the Lord just wanted us to take a moment in this powerful atmosphere where we all are this morning. How many of you know it's real? How many of you know that God's desire for us is that Christmas would be, you know, the most wonderful time of the year? But the truth of the matter is there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. How many of you parents remember that? Running here and there and everywhere for toys and, uh, you know, there's only 10 left and you go on an airplane and... <laughs> How many of you remember that? You know, pressure. And so I just feel like, you know, God just wants us to address the pressure that we're all facing. You know, is there going to be snow? No snow. Am I going to have enough money? What are we going to eat? Oh, am I going to be by myself? Who will we invite? Where will we go? What will we do with all of our time? Is there going to be enough? On and on and on. Heavenly Father, we know that we are agents of change in this earth, that you have chosen to live in this body of clay. And though we are here on this natural terra firma, we reside in heavenly places. 
And Lord, with all authority and power that's been given to us through the mighty name of Jesus. And we agree this morning, Father, and we ask, Lord, we ask. Maybe you would ask the Lord. Maybe you never thought about that, you know. Maybe you never thought, Lord, I do. Father, there's so much money that I need for Christmas. I'm asking you for it. Lord, I'm asking you for everything that all the gifts that I will buy, that they will, I'll be able to get them easily. I'll find them. I won't have to go on and I'll get them all in one or two trips when people spend months shopping. I'll go into the right store at the right time and it will just so happen to be on sale. How do you know you can buy everything on sale? On sale, on sale, on sale. God, your desire this morning as we take this time out of this service, because you know this is real, stress and pressure and the season which was meant to be a time of joy and rejoicing and celebration. The truth is that many feel anxiety and many feel fear. So Lord, we take a moment and we ask you for all of the things that we need from the biggest to the smallest, like parking spaces, God. We ask you for everything that we need. Schedules, Lord, aligning and weather, uh, cooperating. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just, we just release our faith this morning, God, and we thank you for the best Christmas yet, for our best Christmas yet. Say that with me. Our best Christmas yet. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read this thing this morning. Um, God, so impossible is not in God's dictionary. And so what we're learning how to do is to take it out of ours because there's nothing that God can't do. We just prayed that. When we put our faith and our trust in God, there's nothing that he can't do. And so God, familiar, th three familiar stories. God promised Abraham a son that would give him more descendants than the stars in the sky. And yet his wife was almost 100 years old, barren for so many years with no hope of a baby in sight. That seems like big odds. God led them out of slavery, Israel and Egypt, only to bring them to a halt at the Red Sea. The Egyptians were right behind them, ready to do what it took to bring them back. And the land God promised them lied ahead, but they were stranded with no way out. Looked impossible. And then finally, he stood with a sling and a few stones. How many of you love him? David in his hand, much smaller in size, with no armor to protect him against the fierce, taunting giant named Goliath that put fear into men for days, just a shepherd boy against a well-trained warrior. But God, but God, but God. And something about this transition where that we are in and what God is, whatever your doctrine is, whether you feel like it's God or circumstances maneuvering you into this place, as we transition over like Israel was transitioning over and we see the things that they learned, it's in the heart and mind of God that we stop and that we say la in this season and that we come to this place where we examine our hearts and we do everything within us to make sure not only is our belief system aligning with God, but that we have our trust in God and not self. That our trust is in God and not self. When you look at a little boy who is up against a giant, trust in self, 
would have done very little. When you look at an army of 300 against so many, trust in self would have been futile. When you look at those who are backed up against the wall with the sea, you know, between where their promise was, they could never have gotten themselves alone to the place of promise. And so as we transition through and God encourages us this morning with this idea of impossible to God, when we're not living one natural day, is not impossible. The Bible says nothing is too difficult for God. God's desire is that we would be encouraged in that. If this morning you're facing a situation, it seems like you're stuck. It seems like there's no way out. It seems like there's nothing that you can do. Then this morning, let's shift our faith and our trust to that place where we would realize that God, whether God led us there so that we can deal with these things that need to be realigned or, or, or you know, by, by divine providence or, or by circumstances, we're going to learn something in this. We set ourselves to determine, I'm going to learn something in this very hard situation. I'm going to learn something. I'm not just going to put my head in the sand and, and pray that it all, you know, it, it, it's all gone you know, tomorrow. No, I'm going to stand up and do what the prophetic word was. I'm going to go on the offensive. I'm going to learn what does that mean exactly, God, when you talk about going on the offensive. How do I fight with the word of God. Is the word alive? You mean when I release the word, it's actually still alive and going and changing circumstances? Yes, yes, yes. Amen? God purposely placed, he places people in, in you know, situations for growth, not where we're not protected, but for the purpose of growth so that we can come to the place where we will rely and depend not on our own strength, not on what we can do, not on human power. The Bible says they called them Christians first at Antioch because they saw that they talked and they walked and they acted just like God. God's desire in the season of transition, his desire in the season of newness, his desire in the season as the roof, so to speak, of limitations is blown off and we learn what it means to be led and guided by God and we allow that to become a sense of adventure in our lives and something that's exciting rather than fearful and wanting to turn and run. How of you know that's a very real situation when it looks like, God, you're just trying to put more responsibility on me. Don't you know, God, that I'm already maxed? Yet God, through his divine providence, how of you know that he doesn't give us more than we can handle? How of you know sometimes when we're squeezed, we realize that we're a lot stronger than we realize? And we often don't realize that in the midst of the pressure. But when we look back, come on, when you look back, come on, when you look back, if you have any history at all with God, you would be able to say at least once that maybe, just like Israel at the Red Sea, maybe there's been just one time in your life where you faced a situation that seemed impossible and God. 
It seemed like you weren't going to make it, but God. It seemed like you didn't know what to do, but God. It seemed like if you didn't move, nothing would change, but God. Hallelujah. That's his desire for us in this season, that we would not depend on our own strength, but depend on him, that we would not spend our nights, our days and our nights trying to figure out what we can do in and of ourselves, that we would not spend our days and nights racking our brains trying to work things out. Instead, we would turn to God. Instead, we would turn to him. We would rely on him. Grace, five plus five equals help God. Grace and more grace. The Bible says his mercy, his ever-loving kindness. You know that love that saves that love that heals, that love that delivers, that love that sets free. The Bible says his mercies are new every single morning. Five plus five, grace in this season for us to rely on him. Everybody take a deep breath this morning. Rely on him. I command any symptoms of fibromyalgia. Come on, take another deep breath. I command every symptom of stress and fear to leave your body now in the name of Jesus. Every symptom of stress, every bit of pain in the name of Jesus. Uh, IBS, in Jesus' name, I declare healing over those things right now. In the name of Jesus, every symptom, every symptom, every symptom, every symptom that found its origin in stress of any kind, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be strengthened, be encouraged this morning, be encouraged. God, he's with us. He's our strength. God's desire is that we would come to that place where we would trust him. Say, trust him. Say, I trust him to fight our battles. Hallelujah. Where, where, when we trust, when we put ourselves in that place of trust. Hallelujah. That we would allow him to fight our battles and gain victory over and overcome that area of pressure. That we would come to the place of total and complete Total and complete dependence on him. Wouldn't be like that funny picture, you know, where we're hanging over a cliff and the person is absolutely so uncomfortable. No, come on. Total dependence on him looks like that little baby, you know, that's just standing over the edge and totally, totally, totally confident that mama's got me, that papa's got me totally dependent, totally reliant, and totally comfortable. No fear. Pastor Alex and Pastor, T, or Pastor Ian talked about it on Wednesday night. And they talked about, you know, this idea of, you know, when we, when we get, allow, when we allow that fear, we allow the fear that wants to rise up, we allow the stress that wants to rise up in situations that would scream at us and talk to us words that say, you're never gonna get out of this, you're never gonna make it through, this is too hard, you're never gonna find the one that God has for you, you're never going to get the job, you're never, you're not qualified enough, and on and on and on it goes, that we would learn the lifestyle in that moment of, but God, turning, and depending and giving him glory. Do you know that's why with, with, with Gideon's army, 
what God said when he spoke to Gideon and there were 32,000 and the Lord said to Gideon, he said, I'm going to help you out, Gideon, so that you win this one. Because it was a process of trust that God brought Gideon through to the place of strength. And the first thing God said to him is he said, there's 32,000 that have showed up to the call. And he said, tell them, anyone that has fear, tell them to go home. And what Pastor Ian and Pastor Alex were showing us is that when there is the presence of fear, then that anointing, that word that's alive, that's active, that's powerful, that's, that's working in our lives, that's moving in our future every time you open up your mouth and you say what God says, that, that word is creating. That word is going forth. That word is changing things. Hallelujah. God's desire is that we would depend on him. That we would allow him to come in and, and see all fear gone. That we would allow him to, to make a way, just like with that army, where there seems to be no way. You know, a funny thing about that is 22,000 of them went home. And then he said, I'm going to, test them I'm gonna I'm going to help them to see what's really inside of them and, and I thought about this I thought you know the 22,000 when he said fear they knew they had fear they weren't trying to hide it so they're like yeah I know I got fear I know I'm scared of the boogeyman I know I know I know and they just went home and the others right so they go down to the water and these are the ones who say I'm not afraid of anything and then they go down to the water and what the Lord reveals is a very important lesson that when fear, get this, is present in our lives, it does one very unfortunate thing that we saw in the army. When fear is present, it causes all eyes to be on me. So there were a portion of those men when they went to the water to drink were perfectly fine to just stick their whole head in the water no idea what was going on around them, who was around them, but there were some who when they went down to the water, they laughed and they looked. They drank, they drank and they watched and they were concerned. I tell you, that's the name of the game when God says we're called to the place of influence, we're called to be lovers of God, we're called to touch a world with the good news of the gospel of Christ. God is doing everything he can to give us messages like this that will encourage us out of that place of feeling like we're backed into a corner, like we're stuck to the place where we learn. I'm having the most fun and I am the safest when I am in the center of your will for my life, God. See, so many people are afraid when, you know, when we talk about, the Bible says in Romans, that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And we talk about this exciting thing, you know, go to God and seek his will for your life and find out what he wants you to do. And it sounds so exciting and it sounds so adventurous and so glamorous. I love God and he loves me and I'm surrendering my life to God until we go. And he says things to us that we don't want to hear and that are not on our agenda. They're not on our plan. And 
now we're confronted with what fear and what God is doing when he talks about perfection and he talks about responsibility and he talks about just like he did with Gideon I will be there I will encourage you I will help you just like we prayed for Christmas just ask he's saying Gideon we don't fleece in the New Testament anymore because we have the Holy Spirit who lives in these earthen vessels and so he fleeced how many of you remember he said you know Lord if there's a you know dew on on the whatever it was the wool you know if the wool is wet and then if the wool is dry Lord you know and and he does first he does you know don't go anywhere angel I'm gonna run in how you know give you an offering and then and then oh God one more thing and then oh God one more thing and you know I, I want to say God was happy to do all of that the Bible says you know when we don't ask we don't receive and God's not afraid of your questions he's not afraid of you crying out help in fact that's how you get the five plus five is you just cry out and say you know what God I know what the word says I know who you say I am that's what he's saying to Gideon. They had been, I mean, he heard the stories of Israel. They heard the miracle stories. That was Gideon's beef. He knew about the, the story God. But his beef was that he wasn't experiencing that. And so here they have these bullies who are coming around, you know, and life's not, it's not what the word said it should be. And so he's in this place of total fear. He's backed into a corner, he's hiding, and they need food. And so he's doing everything he can in a place of, you know, in a cave, in a place of hiding, in a place of fear. And God comes and says, I'm here to help. I want to help. And through this journey, not only Gideon will you reveal who I am and how I feel about you and others. But through this journey of transition, you'll realize who you are, who I've made you to be. The beautiful journey of Gideon's life is that he goes from a place of hearing stories and being disgruntled because where is the God of the Bible? To the place where he is willing to take a bold step and trust God, to take a bold step and maybe he had tomorrow planned and next week and next month, but he was willing to forego those plans and, and trust God. He was willing to let God in to his plans, willing. God wants to fight our battles. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to depend on him. He wants to be our strength. He wants to show us the way of escape. He wants to show us the way of escape. But it was very important to the Lord and when he was, the scripture says he was testing Israel. He said the reason he needed to diminish the army was that if they won in those large numbers, that they would take the glory. And God's reason for 350 to 1 is that their life, come on, did we just read about it? Would become a testimony. 
that they would have some history with God, that they would tell their stories just like they heard stories, but they might dig a little deeper this time and understand as they draw closer to God the nature of who he was, of who he is. So I want to do this um, because I'm over time. I want to give you these quick points. Amen. We can trust God, hallelujah, in the midst of the impossible. That's what God wants us to know this morning because we're called to do the impossible. We're called to influence. We're called to change things for good. We're called to bring his kingdom to the earth. What does it take though? It takes a willingness to change. Number one, we gotta be willing to change. Number two, we gotta be willing to turn to his word. Sometimes that looks like people who are living it, people who have a track record. What does it look? It looks like putting his word first place. And, and letting what God says be truth and be the final word, no matter what we feel, because his word brings us life. His word brings us peace. His word brings us strength. It brings us guidance. It brings us confidence. It brings us healing. It, it brings confusion in the story of Gideon. It brings confusion of people who trusted God and stepped out on the word of God. That word of God brought confusion to the camp of the enemy. How many think that's good? Declaring the word every morning, when you say it because God said it's so, and, and maybe that you know there's not quite an alignment that's going on on the inside of you, but, but because you know it's truth, you say it anyway, hey, it's encouraging you, it's healing you, it's strengthening you, it's creating your future, and it's dealing with your enemies. That word is silencing your enemies. He wants to fight our battles. He wants to fight our battles. Hallelujah, I, I think that's good news. Number three, resist fear. What does it take? What does it take to do the impossible? We gotta resist the fear. God said to Gideon, I said, don't be afraid, but you're afraid. I mean, there's a, you know, a checkup from the neck up, right? Is there any fear? Let's deal with it. Run to the altar, get in the word, do everything you can in this season, because where there is the presence of fear, there is not miracles and change and increase and we talked about that on Wednesday night is that we tolerate fear and wonder why our life isn't changing because fear stunts growth come on fear stunts change it stunts growth of all kinds fear stunts growth come on it's our enemy and so God wants us to Resist it. He doesn't want us to hide. He doesn't want us to complain. He doesn't want us to stay in the place of confusion. He doesn't want us to abandon purpose and run in the other direction. He doesn't want us to, to take the glory. He wants us to discover what we believe and trust God. And number four, just like Gideon, Gideon had a humble, teachable heart. He was ticked, backed into a corner, afraid. How of you know when things aren't working in your life and someone comes from the with the word, 
Sometimes the last thing you want to do is be encouraged. Sometimes the last thing you want to do is pray. Sometimes the last thing you want to do is read your Bible. Come on, come on, come on. Remember there were some of Gideon's army when God said, get rid of the fearful. And there were those that knew, they knew where they were at, but then there were those who thought, that's the big dilemma, isn't it? Isn't that the big dilemma? Sometimes that we think we are in a place where we're really not, and we don't think that we have those things. In. That's why a buddy is really good. A buddy that knows how to talk to us, just like that angel did with Gideon, and somehow got him backed out of the corner and moving on the offensive again. Come on, he was backed into a corner, just like that word. That word was for all of us this morning. Where has the enemy backed him? Where have circumstances, where have lies about you, lies about others, lies in your marriage, lies in your money, lies of limitation, lies of impossibility. Where have they backed you? Into a corner. Gideon came with a humble heart. He was willing to listen. His will was yielded. And what we see in this story, in humility, God, God can use anyone. Pride thinks that it wins all by itself. Come on, come on. Pride doesn't think it needs God's help to win. But humility is not afraid to ask. Jesus came with grace and truth. God wants to fight our battles, but we have a part. Let's lift our hands this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just declare today that you are the reason. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just let's just take a minute. We just welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you in this place this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know I'm a little over, and, and if you need to go, please forgive me. I, I, I totally understand. I just want to just take a moment with the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to take a moment with him. I just want to allow him to come in. Hallelujah. Psalm 1 in the Passion Translation says that, that the overflowing joy comes to those who follow God's ways, that their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of the I am and that we meditate each and every moment on that word God we declare this moment we ask Lord that you would bring us that you would wash over us Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit we welcome you this morning we welcome you this morning we ask you to increase what you're doing in people right now increase what you're doing in people Lord right now Increase the understanding of it, Lord. Where you're healing right now, we ask that you would increase it. Where there's peace right now, and, and it's overtaking confusion, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would increase it right now, in the name of Jesus. What you've begun, Lord, in the area, hallelujah, of, of removing all pain, we ask that you would increase, and we bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing, God, in the area of identity, God. We bless what you're doing this morning through the power of your word as you take, Lord, each one that's been backed into a corner in the name of Jesus, and you show them through the power of your word and your presence, God, the way of escape. 
come on hallelujah 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 thank you lord thank you lord thank you god thank you lord thank you lord say i believe with god there's always a way of escape i believe with god there's no such thing as being backed into a corner with no way out say I believe I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength say I open my heart to receive grace that brings the testimony of God's goodness his love in my life because I trust God I trust God said I trust God I trust God. I trust God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you got our back. You got our back. You got our back. I'm telling you, some of you this morning, I see you. You're like literally like that movie, hanging over the cliff, hanging on to a little rope or twig. And I just want to tell you this morning, God's got you. I want to tell you. I want to tell you with that same kind of confidence that Jesus did not run to Lazarus because he knew the end. Yeah. He knew the end. He knew the end. Lord, we lay down the struggle. We lay it down. We lay it down. We choose to humble our hearts this morning, God, and ask for help. We don't want to do it alone, God. We declare this morning our need for you. 